This is Life Change Church in Muskegon, Michigan. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for giving us your ears while you mow the lawn, kayak, do the dishes, or sit with the knitting circle. Watch us on Facebook Live Sunday mornings at 9.30 or subscribe to the weekly podcast at mylifechangechurch.tv. This is Pastor Ron Rands. Well, today I would like to um, share with you from a passage in Acts 9.31, a time where the church was having this growth. And you know, many of us, we get caught up maybe in, in reading a history lesson from the Word of God but we don't really understand the specifics around that moment in history. The church, as we know it, we see buildings. Uh, We've been around, uh, obviously, since Jesus has resurrected from the grave 2,000 plus years. However, the church was a new thought or a new idea. Before, it was considered a temple and there was a, the, it was of the Jewish origin and that there was a bunch of rules and regulations and there was just a certain leadership um, profile that really knew who God was. Well, Jesus came on this earth so that we would all know him. Jesus came in place so that we would seek him and that we would have a, a relationship with our Father in heaven like the way God had intended it to be with Adam and Eve. From the very beginning, God has always wanted a relationship with man and women. And today in Acts chapter 9, 31, we're gonna pick up where there's this church age, which means after Jesus resurrected, all of a sudden there was this new beginning for people that Jews and Gentiles, that all across the people of this world could see God and know God, that you didn't have to have this origin of Jewish or you didn't have to convert to Judaism to really know who Yahweh God is, and that Jesus came here to reach us. And let's pick up in Acts chapter 9, Verse 31, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear. They were strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Now, what we've got to understand is that the church in that day began to start ministering in homes or you might even say on this shoreline it was in any place where people could start sharing the good news that's what the gospel was is is sharing the good news and there was these two um you might say foundational understandings that changed the the picture that people needed to build on it i want to talk about those in fact last week I really reference uh, the topic of the fear of the Lord, and I don't really want to go into a lot of that because I, I shared about it uh, last week. But in, to recap, the fear of man, which uh, a lot of us maybe un- uh, don't understand or do understand, is that many times we're always looking for affirmation from one another. And, and that's really the fear of man, which means a lot of times we get our identity not by what God says about who we are, by what... But, but what other people say we are. Whereas the fear of the Lord means is I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get my reference point, my foundation of understanding who I am by what God and his words say about me. That's kind of uh, recapping it in that God wants us to have the fear of the Lord, not in some, I'm so scared that God's going to punish me, not at all, but in, in a, a place of surrender that God is first 
in my life. And the reason I wanted to recap on that is because, see, for in order for the Holy Spirit, and in a moment I'm going to define who the Holy Spirit is, in order for it to have the Holy Spirit, which is the presence of God in our life, to have any work in your life, is you have to have, first of all, a surrender. That's why, you know, some people, they'll, they'll read the Bible and not understand one thing that they're reading. I've had introductions to, to people said, man, I've read the Bible twice, uh, Pastor Ron, and I don't get any of it. Well, there's a reason, because they don't understand Acts 9.31. The church grew, was strengthened, had peace inside of their, of their walk because they had to fear God, which means there was a surrender to Jesus first, and then the Holy Spirit began to build in their life. So if I could give a, a title to this message today, is that the Holy Spirit building in your life. And in our vision of our church is to grow in God, love one another, and reach our world. Today, it's really is how can you grow in God? Maybe you're watching this right now, and you don't have any relationship with God. And you, you, yet you're finding that the Lord is working on your heart, obviously, because you're watching this right now. Or, or, or maybe you, you know about God, but you're, you're wanting more fruit in your life of God. And like, today, we're going to talk about that. Or maybe you're saying, you know what, I, I've got fruit, but Pastor, I, I lack this power that the Bible talks about. We're gonna talk about that yet today. So just hang on, we got so many things we wanna share with you today. In fact, we're gonna even uh, explore a passage in the Bible in the Old Testament that where the, the Bible actually uh, begins to almost have a, a mark of a change. Even within a few verses, this is what God says, and behold, I'm gonna do something new. I believe God wants to do something new in our life today. And in your life today. And we're going to reference that in, in Isaiah chapter 43 in a few more minutes. First thing I want to share with you to, to begin to help you understand is number one, who's the Holy Spirit? And I, don't, I want to help you to, to see that so many of us, so many times in this, we as church people, we begin to have church talk. And, and the world doesn't understand our church talk. Like, you know, I've been in different countries. Um, I've been in Ukraine. I've been in the Netherlands, although my, I have heritage of a family that are, I don't, talk, I don't talk Dutch, I tried to learn German, uh, it's been crunk, which means I am sick, that's about the only thing I can know, um, but I, you know, I don't really understand a lot of other languages, and I'm even struggling to understand the English language. But the point of it is, is that sometimes we talk the language of church, and, and the world doesn't get it. And so I, if you're out there, and maybe you don't understand the language of church, I hope I can help you a little bit today. First of all, the Holy Spirit. Well, who's the Holy Spirit? Um, the, we believe in the Trinity. There's the, the God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, who came on this earth and died on that cross and was resurrected from the dead. And then the Holy Spirit, whom the Holy Spirit is the very presence or understanding of God that will come into your life. And I'm going to explain what that is in a moment. In fact, in Romans chapter 3, Verse 10, and I know the passage will be up there for you to, um, uh, to see. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. If you are, I want to share with you, if you're asking questions, if you're turned to this station right now, and you're watching this right now, um, you're seeking God. That is the Lord prompting you. Now, whether you have ever surrendered your life to Jesus or, or, or not, it, that's the Lord working on your heart through the Holy Spirit. That's God working on your heart because the Bible says that nobody on, in and of themselves would seek God. 
So Pastor Ron wouldn't seek God unless the Holy Spirit in his life, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in his life, or a, or a prompting of the Holy Spirit moves me to begin to seek the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is sent on this earth to help us understand the presence of God in our life. Now, we can have, I can have the presence of my wife in my life, or I can literally have the love and the power of, my, of, of who my wife is in my life. She can, she can be over there washing dishes and, and literally have her back toward me. Her presence is there, but we're not really having marital relationship. She may be serving, she may be doing things. We're not having marital relationship. Or then where we can have a time where we're sitting at the table, eating dinner together, conversing about things that really touch our heart. Now we're beginning to start having fruit in our relationship. So if that leads me to point number two, the Holy Spirit can only build on the right foundation where Jesus is first. See, the, the Holy Spirit first prompting you to seek God so that you'll have a reactive activity in your life, which means you're going to surrender. See, when you seek God, he's your creator. He is your master. He is your teacher. He's the one that has, he's the one that has the divine blueprint for your life. And so when you're saying, well, my, my life doesn't even matter. I don't seem like there's anything that's even, that has, is taking any kind of activity that really is having any kind of value. When you begin to follow God, you surrender your heart, then the Holy Spirit can start bringing new life, bringing directions why you are here. There's a purpose for your life. There's a plan. There's a, there's a design. There's a schematic for your life. And the only way you're going to find that is through Jesus himself. And the only way you're going to find that is when you're listening to those promptings of the Holy Spirit going, hey, I'm knocking. I'm knocking on your heart. Surrender that. So let me just kind of break this down. Let's, just, let's say for right now your marriage, it just is, has no meaning. And there's nothing but frustration. There just, there, it just seems like it's just a mess and chaos. And, and it's not taking on any kind of of, of design and, there's that, and things that you long for to happen, first you need to do is this, the fear of the Lord in your marriage. It means I'm not gonna, I am not gonna run my marriage. I'm not gonna tell my marriage. I'm gonna surrender my marriage into his hands. And once you surrender your, ma your marriage into his hands, now the Holy Spirit can begin to build in your life. There's no building of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's no schematic, no design, no grand design from God until you first surrender. Or let's take another aspect of your life. Maybe it's parenting. Maybe it's not marital. Maybe you feel your marriage is, is growing and developing. It's taken on a, a design, but maybe you're struggling being a parent. Or maybe it's finances. Or, or, or could it be even in your health or scenario? Whatever you don't surrender, the Holy Spirit can't lead. And you're not going to see the fruit of God in that area of your life. So here's the thing is, is if you want the presence of God to begin to build in your life, you want the presence of the Holy Spirit, you need it, you guessed it, you need to surrender that 
area to God first. That's what we would call a fear of the Lord moment. A fear of the Lord moment looks like this, going, God's ways are better than my ways. God's thoughts are greater than my thoughts. His design, I need to surrender because I want his design in my life, not my design. And many times, man just keeps going over there. You know, I'll take a little bit of God. I'll take a little bit of the work. I'll take a little bit of what the media says. And I'm gonna, and somehow I'm just gonna, you know, kind of fall and bounce around and just see what takes place. And God says, my way is his, you know, God says there is only one way and it's his way in your life. You say, well, pastor, that seems so narrow. That just seems so dogmatic. Let me tell you something. I, you know what? God has a design. Just, just the other day, you're going to laugh at this. Um, I have a, a, a newer car, and uh, it's a, a Mustang. And I went to go uh, put a different kind of fuel in it. And, uh, it's a, and, and as I was doing so, I couldn't figure out how to open up the gas tank. I didn't know, I, I looked, in fact, if anybody was at that gas pump or gas station, they would have laughed. I was there for 10 minutes looking for a push button that would open up my crazy gas tank. And I went over there and I looked and I looked and then I went in my manual and I'm looking at my manual and it just says, well, this kind of fuel you can use and that kind of fuel you can use and that kind of fuel you can't use. And I'm going, I am getting so frustrated and looking ridiculous. I'm thanking God that I just tended my windows so that nobody can see how ridiculous I look. And, and I'm, so I finally went, well, I wonder if it's really basic. If I wonder if I just go push on it, that it's one of those that where you can all of a sudden it open up. So I, I look around, first of all, did anybody watching me? That's what I did. That's the first thing I did. And then the second thing, I went over there and I, you know, slowly went over there and just pushed on it. Whoop, and it opens up. I go, how ridiculous that is. I had to look at a man. Oh, let me tell you something. In, in, I look at, I wonder how ridiculous I look sometimes in God's sight. Because I won't read the manual. I won't realize what God has to say in my life. I won't surrender to what he has for my life. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any other foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. So what this is saying is that Jesus wants to be the foundation of your marriage. Surrender it. Jesus wants to be the foundation of your, of your health. Surrender it. Jesus wants to be the foundation of your parenting. Surrender it. Today, we, 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 everybody's got an idea. Well, I, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. We, I mean, diets and everything. Why not spend time on allowing God and his promptings to share with you, and even I had a, um, my son talking to me the other day, and he goes, "There's this study on 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 veg, you know, on vegetables, and that you know, that vegetables didn't have any protein in them, and that they don't really show a protein." And all of a sudden, there's this new study saying that you know what, that we can that a, a person who's eaten just vegetables and that they can get stronger. And I'm like, "Does anybody read the Book of Daniel?" Because the whole book of Daniel is about this. is how much better these men of God, and that's all they ate was vegetables. Yet we can look at these truths and, and not really realize that God's way is already there. And yet when man begins to write about it, it's like light bulb, you know. Uh, number three, where is Jesus? Where Jesus is your foundation, the fear of the Lord, meaning putting him first, there will be the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is the the most beautiful thing about being a Christian, it's called trans 
Transformation. It's another churchy word, so I'm teaching you a couple churchy words. Holy Spirit, just the presence of God in your life. And then there's this other one called transformation. And what happens is you surrender to God that area, which means, Lord, I, I, I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it your way. I don't want to lead my marriage. I want you to lead. What, what does the Bible say about marriage? How does God want me to treat my wife? What does God's word say about praying for my wife? What does God's word say about how I react to my wife? Galatians 5 references what the fruit of the Holy Spirit looks like in your life, okay? And here's what it says. When you follow the desires of your own sinful nature, this is what it can look like. The results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility. Maybe you don't have any of those yet, but hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. What is it telling us right here? It says, you know, and I look at some of those um, uh, pl- places or presences of, of the flesh they, they talk about. I can tell you that there's been outbursts of anger in my life. I can tell you where there's been envy and strife or dissension in my life. And I look at that. Those are, that's when Ron isn't surrendering that situation to God. And maybe you say, well, you, Pastor, you're not living in my world. Well, I, I'm going to tell you something. I have a nature that wants to its own way. And then I have a born again nature. There's that churchy word again, which means I surrender to Jesus. and say, God, I want your way in my marriage, in my health, my finances. Well, I'm thankful that Galatians 5 doesn't end there. Galatians 5, says that when I surrender, here's what it looks like when the Holy Spirit's leading his presence, his plan, his design. It'll begin to have fruit in my life. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in my life. There's love, there's joy, there's peace, there's patience, there's kindness, there's goodness, there's faithfulness, there's gentleness, and there's self-control. These are easily measurable, and I can even look back in my, in my marriage at times, and, or with my kids in a time, I can say, I, I, I was in the nature of Ron, and I was in the nature of, or, 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 the, or what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in my life. I can tell, I almost feel like it was an out-of-body moment of going, you know what, that, I know what, how I would have reacted to that, but because I've surrendered that to Jesus, there's a new me coming around. It's called, what we get in a church word called, transformation. It's no longer I'm acting like Ron, now I'm acting who Christ is or the Holy Spirit is in my life. Now this, I've given you two aspects of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna get to the third one in just a moment. So first thing is the Holy Spirit is is wanting to prompt a a work in my life. He knocks on my heart, though I may be stubborn, though I may be insecure, though I may have other aspects of fear or, or, or areas in my life, outbursts of anger, things that are carnal or things that are just Ron like Things that I may even inherited in my walk. Things that are passed on. Well, you act like your dad or you act like your mom or you're, act, or you're acting like you're, you know, you're superior. Those are, those are things that, that are taken on naturally, humanly. But, but then there's that 
transformation that God can bring in your life through allowing the Holy Spirit to work first those promptings. Are you listening to that knock? Is he in a chamber in your, in your heart right now where an area says, I, I, I need to give that because there's no fruit? There's outbursts of anger, there's jealousy, there's envy, there's strife, there's all these things. Well, what about, do you want the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you want that, you need to surrender that to God. And then the Holy Spirit will begin to build his presence through transforming your life. Now, earlier we talked to the elders, you know, you know, it takes time. Do you know that a fruit tree takes three years before it can bear fruit? So just because you surrender to this life and just because the Holy Spirit begins to work in your life, you know, I, I wish transformation would take on in a week, but it doesn't. It takes time. Allow God's presence. You'll make mistakes. You, you know, and I, 1 John 1, 9, faithful and just God is to forgive you. He will forgive you. Number four, walking with the Spirit is learning how to hear His voice and promptings. We have these churchy words and stuff about walking with God. You know, um, I have had many partnerships in my life. And the one that's um, 34 years is the one in my, my, my marriage to my wife. And it's a beautiful marriage. And I entrust, you know, that I know of everything to her. But there have been other partnerships, business partnerships that have, have um, not worked out so well. And the thing is, is that what happens is, is within every partnership is everybody needs to do their part. There's, that's why it's called a partnership. And, and it tells us that there's the paraclete, the Holy Spirit is a paraclete, which means he wants to partner with your life. And I, I hear a lot of Christians, they get saved and they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and, and they become born again. That's that churchy term, which means I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. They begin to have a transformation and all of a sudden they read in the book of Acts or, or they read some powerful moment that God has and they want God to have this powerful activity in their life. Well, the Holy Spirit is waiting for fruit, transformation in your life. And he wants that time of duration and, and so that what will happen next is then he'll partner his power in your life. So first of all, there needs to be a transformation internally so you begin to bear fruit. And then from that moment in your life, then God will prompt you for that power to transform and work through your life. Romans 8, 5 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Holy Spirit. So let so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, not physical death, but li a, 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 literally what that means is spiritual death, which means here's what God's thinking, here's what you're thinking, and you're getting farther and farther away. It says, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still underneath the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But in verse 6, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I, I, I wish I could tell you that I've, I've allowed the Holy Spirit to do this in its entirety in all aspects of my life, but that would be in a full-out lie. In fact, when I read this passage, I can easily measure my time where I went, wow, 
I, you know what? I allowed the, Ron's nature to, to lead in that moment instead of God's nature, his Holy Spirit to lead me. The Bible says, when the Holy Spirit is leading me, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, when that presence of the Holy Spirit is leading me, then I will have a life of peace. I will have a life that takes on the God's meaning, not just what I assert myself. You know, I, let me give you an example. Times, and I, I, I had seven kids, so it's easy to see my fallacies as a parent in, uh, with raising my children. And if you're watching this right now, I'm sorry. When I have, many times when I would see a wrong behavior in their life, instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me, I would, 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 would want to assert myself, which means I would take matters and I would get boisterous or I would get uh, in some way forceful or, and, and it was just the fear of them not seeing or the fear of me not being a good parent or whatever it might be. But many times I would even take an aspect of God's truth of, of, of wanting what God wanted in their life, but then I would mix it with Ron and, and because of the, the sinful nature that I have in my life, I would manifest or I would um, administer my discipline wrongfully, not with the love, the joy, the peace, not with the patience, the kindness and goodness, not with the faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then there were times where I did it appropriately and, I, and many times I did it inappropriately. I'm thankful that God forgives. I'm thankful that God has grace. But the point is, is that it's, it's easily measurable when we allow God's Holy Spirit inside of our lives are, are we allowing are we living in um, uh, some months back I was thinking about how the Holy Spirit is you know in leading us in the, the church today and uh, our pastor Jenna would had this uh, phrase the audience of one never has that hit me more than today I love the church family. I miss you. I miss the presence of who you are in the house of God. And so now I'm finding myself speaking into a camera, but yet saying, God, an audience of one. Unto you I speak. And, and it's, it's so much, in, in many, it's clearer now doing it in front of a camera than it was even in, to, into, into the church family. And I, I realize I don't have the church family smiling. I don't have the church family um, affirming me. And, and, and it's, in some ways, it's been good. I, I don't like it, but in some ways, it's been good for my own heart, saying, why am I who I am? And I want to ask you, why are you who you are? You're a child of God, and which re- leads me to Isaiah 43. And I'm, I'm going to close on this passage 43, and we're going to read some verses, starting with verse 5. And, and I, you say, well, Pastor, where are we going now? Well, this whole chapter, uh, God wouldn't, the Holy Spirit kept on talking to me about this, this whole week. And I, and I really, every day, it began to take on more and more meaning, but it didn't make sense right away. And that's what's called seeking God. God, God it's, it, you know, if he makes us fishers of men, he's the greatest fisherman. He's fishing for your life. And you know, when he's going over there, he's going over there, he's got the bait out there. And are, 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 you, are you chasing it? 
Isaiah 43 was one of those moments for me today, this week. Do not be afraid, for I am with you, says God. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, bring my sons, daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together, assemble the people of the world. Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel. And we could say the same thing today. You are God's witnesses, O church, says the Lord. You are his servant. You've been chosen to know him. You've been chosen to believe in him and understand that God is your God alone and there is no other God. There never has been and there never will be. Yes, says the Lord, I am the Lord and there is no other Savior. First, I predicted your rescue. Then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. This is God speaking to like the, God's people and the Jewish people in, in history time. Well, God did it with Jesus just like he did it with Moses. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo that which I have done. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I sent an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel, Creator and King. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering canawick. But forget all that. Now I want to share just a moment. So far God is bringing history to his people. Now who is he speaking to? He's speaking to his people who are living in captivity. That's whom he's speaking to. Isaiah is speaking in word to the Jewish family that's living in in captivity. Now, I don't know how much captivity you feel like. Maybe you feel like you're in captive to your home, captive to your, your, your health, captive to your finances, captive to, to this social distancing. But I believe God wants to speak a word in this hour to us, a new word. And why God wants us to remember his ways of old. Not so that he does it exact same way, because rarely does God do that. But because we, he wants us to realize that he's always been God. And he's always a great God. And that God is, is that he wants us to, to, to us from the inside to be thankful for who he is. Because from a heart of gratitude, from a heart of surrender, then you'll hear, then you'll see, then you'll allow the greatness of the Holy Spirit to speak a new thing in your life. See, the Holy Spirit can't work in your heart if you haven't surrendered. And you really haven't surrendered until you have the fruit, the transformation of the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in your heart. Verse 18, but forget all that for a moment. Forget what's going on all around your life right now. Can you do that? 
it is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun it. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Allowing God in your heart. So we've had three places, three stages of Holy Spirit activity. First one is, allow the Holy Spirit to knock on your heart in areas, chambers of your life where you're afraid or you're uncertain. And there's, you know, that where you're having what we talked about in Galatians 5, you're frustrated and there's acts and sinful nature, which means you're in charge. Surrender that. Part two or stage two, Holy Spirit begins to transform your life. The way you used to think is different because that's what transformation is. How you see your marriage, how you see your kids, how you see your government, how you see a situation. It's completely different. Good friend of mine, a business friend of mine, just this week woke up, right? You know, the Lord woke him up and, and, and got in the presence of God and says, you're so caught up in the affairs of this life right now, you're losing sight of who I am and what I am. And because you're losing sight of it, you can't share who I am to others. How many times we're, we're, we're talking more about what the media is doing or we're talking more about COVID's doing and we're talking about who God is. Is God still on the throne? Is he on the throne, more importantly, is he on the throne of your heart? If he's on the throne of your heart, then the fruits of the Spirit will take shape and then he'll do a new work. Behold, God says, I want to do a new thing in your life. Well, today, um, I want to... Uh, just kind of close up on this. Maybe you're visiting with us right now and this is, you're uncertain of who you are in God and you're uncertain of your salvation or you're uncertain of if life were to pass on and, and maybe even sickness and you don't know who, who, where you spend eternity in. You know, the Bible's very clear. The Holy Spirit is very clear that you can know. In fact, in 1 John 5, 13 says this, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus, that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know that you have eternal life. You can know it. And that you may continue and believe in the name of His Son. Which means from that place, you can have assurance, you can have confidence that Jesus is real and personal in your walk. Jesus came on this earth to have a personal relationship with you. If you're joining with us right now and you're unsure, I want you to bow your head with me, if you would, and we're gonna pray what we call the sinner's prayer. You know, and it just, you know, and again, this churchy word. How about this? What we would call is a moment of surrender prayer. I want what Jesus want, has plan for my life. Would you join me right now? Father, we thank you. We ask that you would express understanding in our hearts in the future. And today we have learned that it's through the Holy Spirit's presence. We sense the Holy Spirit's presence knocking on our heart right now. And so we surrender to you, Jesus. We ask for forgiveness. We pray that you forgive us of our sins. 
things that we want to do things our way. The nature, just, just doing things in the vein of the way we always have done them instead of the way you want them done. We ask that you forgive us for that. And we pray, Holy Spirit, from this forgiveness, we accept a new life, born again, and we receive a new nature in our life to follow you, to know you, to begin to have transformation where the Holy Spirit would guide us where love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control would flow through our lives, that the, we would be witnesses to this world of your love, that the presence of God isn't around us, but now is in us. We invite you in, Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Jesus, that you paid such a price on the cross for my sins. I receive your gift, your payment for what I couldn't do. In Jesus' name, amen. You are listening to Life Change Church with Pastor Ron Rands. If this message encourages and inspires you, pass it on to someone else. You can find weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts under Life Change Church Muskegon. When you share it to your social media, be sure to tag us at Life Change Church. For prayer support and more resources, visit mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer.